Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Commercial Property Investor Podcast, where it's my job to introduce you to people from the world of commercial property. We're talking with investors and thought leaders about their experiences of the commercial property world and sharing our own lessons from the last 20 years to give you practical know-how so that you can follow in their footsteps. If you've ever thought commercial could be your next step, but it just seems too confusing and opaque, then you've come to the right place. There are so many exciting opportunities in this dynamic sector, and I'm looking forward to pulling back the curtain and sharing them with you. Welcome to this bonus episode of the Commercial Property Investor podcast. If you want to move from residential property investment into the exciting world of commercial property, you've come to the right place. And I'm your host, Jerry Alexander. This episode was recorded just a couple of days ago as a live within our private Facebook group. And it's a market update on the growth opportunities we're experiencing right now and what you should look out for within your own market. What I talk about here will not just affect our small part of the UK, but the principles will apply to many locations across the globe. So just because you live in the south of England or in North America, continental Europe, eastern countries or Australasia, it does not mean that these macro factors won't be happening right where you are right now. So have a good listen as I go through the four standout factors. Hi everybody, um, it's Jerry here. I'm going to bring you an update today, <coughs> excuse me, with a croaky throat, about what's happening in the market and what we're seeing in the market just now. It's been quite interesting over the last few weeks to see how the market has changed and how um, inquiry levels are picking up. So I just wanted to give you an update on what's happening for us in terms of our um, inquiry levels, but also just some general stuff about the market. I've been asked a few questions recently about, um, you know, wh- where should I be looking? What What's happening in the market? I feel a bit scared. I'm not quite sure what to do. So I just thought I'd cover a few of those things today. I'm also going to try and answer questions if they if they come in and give you just a bit of a, a, a brief overview of where we're at. So for those of you that don't particularly know what we do, our main niche really is serviced um, space, multi-let space, where we have tenants that have perhaps industrial space or retail, leisure, office, storage. It's quite a broad range, but we do it more on a licensed basis. So to give that some more context, we have at the moment maybe half a dozen leases, but we have maybe two or 300 customers that are on licenses at the moment. And over the years, it's kind of been around about 5% of our let space is actually done on lease. Most of it's done on licenses. Um, so I just, I want to give that a little bit of context to start with to see where I'm coming from. But, you know, there'll be some areas in the market, for instance, office space in London, A-class, 100,000 square feet. I'm not probably your man to talk to you about that, but I can tell you about what's happening in our sector. And I think personally that for private investors, the place where we are is much more accessible. You could, of course, invest through funds. You could invest through um, collectives where you're not maybe having an active in, uh, involvement, but you're maybe investing in some of those more blue chip markets. But for us, it's about investing in stuff that's local, stuff we can get our hands around and stuff we can add value to. So if I just give you a wee bit of an update 
about what we're seeing about inquiries. And during the sort of April, May period, what happened was our inquiry levels obviously did dip. I have to say they didn't drop off completely. And we did still um, sign up some new clients, particularly in those that were on the forefront of COVID and um, I guess being um, important businesses for that, that sector. But nevertheless, we still did have inquiries. We still did let space. But in August, our inquiry level has tripled from where it was and our lettings have also increased. In July and June, there were a good number of inquiries, but people weren't committing quite as much. I'm going to break that down a little bit more to tell you what sort of areas that that um, has actually come in at. But it's just interesting to see that even though things were in lockdown, we were still getting inquiries, the economy is still moving. It's not as though it just stops completely. Um, but some of the things to think about, because I've been asked this recently, you know, what, what, what areas should I be investing in? Where should I, what sort of size of units should I be doing if I'm doing commercial multi-let? And it's, it's an interesting question. And I think there's a fairly universal answer. I mean, we're, we're not all over the country, but geographically we're in a fairly widespread now from city centre to small market towns. Um, <clears throat> and what we've found is that, as I say, inquiry levels have increased, but there's, there's some key demographics there that I think you should have a think about. The first one is that there's a certain sector of the, the market, the certain sector of society whose income is not going to be affected by this at all. The second thing is uh, people have been encouraged to work from home. So that's had an effect on the type of inquiries that we've had. The third thing is, as the economy comes, the economy is less um, predictive. People, when they're coming out of leases, are looking at alternatives. And then the fourth thing is actually the startup and the down, sorry, the startup and the redundancy area. So if I just go through those, the first one is who's not seeing their income changing at all? Well, it's the retirees. It's the silver haired people, um, of which I'm starting to feel like I'm becoming one. But the silver-haired sector of society is, as we know, demographically, it's growing. The number of people that have retired is growing. Our population is aging. And a lot of the people that are in that space still want to feel youthful. They still want to go out and do things. And they still want to um, try and improve their appearance so they feel and look more youthful. And that has led to increasing demand for the beauty sector, um, the alternative therapies and perhaps, I, I guess, care and um, fitness. Some of those that we cater to and some of those less so. But what we've seen in some of our centres that I've seen or we've seen is over the years and particularly now an increase in the number of people that are looking for small spaces where they can run a studio or they can perhaps run a little therapy studio for clients who want um, back treatment, beauty treatment, chiropractors, a bit, lots of different things, nail treatment. And a lot of the time people think that has to be on the high street, whereas in reality it doesn't. And the high street can be a little bit more expensive, but if you've got the right multi-let property where you can build in um, some services for these types of businesses, then actually it's a great sector to be in and it's definitely a growth sector. 
that has been, I would say, accelerated recently. So if you have a business yourself that's maybe in one of those sectors, I would definitely think about taking on a property where you can put that business in and then perhaps find some people that are within that circle in your local area that could perhaps take space with you. It's a great strategy to get started because a lot of people that I've been speaking to recently think that when they're getting started in commercial, they're going to have to spend half a million quid on some nice, big, enormous building and, you know, score really well. And actually, in reality, just buying the first property, something small and easy to get yourself started is definitely the right thing to do because it's less scary, it's less risk, and it will allow you to learn lots about how this sector works. So that growth area might be something that you could tap into where you are. And certainly in market towns, there are lots of these businesses trying to find space. A lot of them are working from home, but they can't because their partners now working from home or it's just becoming physically impossible to have people and clients coming to their home all the time. So that's definitely a, gro a growth area that we've really seen an increase in inquiries. And I know that that doesn't mean it's full long-term leases for you, but there are some businesses that will, over time, build up their customer base and commit to you for a longer term. So that's the first thing. The second one is the storage side of our business. Excuse me, with my croaky throat. Um, our storage has never been as full. And I think one of the factors that's affecting that is people working from home. And they're having to clear out the spare room. They're having to put the stuff somewhere. They're needing space to move or relocate. And they need to get the crap out. Not the stuff they want to maybe throw out, but they need to go and store it somewhere. So that's the first thing that's affecting our storage business. The second one is that people are starting their own businesses. And they're importing products. They are buying and reselling. They're branding. They need an area to store stuff. And that's something that's growing for sure. So I think, you know, those two things are driving that sector for us. But I, I've seen it across the board. It's definitely happening in other areas. Storage and light industrial, small units of up to 1,000, maybe 1,500 square foot. These are all in common demand across the country as far as I can see. A third thing that's um, happening to us that happened last time around in 2009 and 2010 is businesses that are either downsizing or they're sidestepping. So downsizing is obvious. They've, they've got to a point where, okay, we kind of worked out what this current economic situation is going to do to our business. We're going to downsize slightly. We need a different type of space. So they're looking to move. And when they do that, it's often to something that's a bit more flexible. So it may be that Smaller units in the least sector are also being looked at, of course, but flexible units are more attractive. And the sidestepping is when somebody's coming to an end of a lease in a traditional space and the market's changed, they're not quite sure where they're going to be in 12 months, and the last thing they want to do is sign up for another five or 10 year lease. So what they're doing is they're not necessarily downsizing, they're just sidestepping. They want to find a new space where they have more flexibility. And the traditional leased market, 10, 15 years ago, you'd maybe getting 5, 10, 15 year leases, that has reduced. 
I mean, often now you might get a five-year lease or you might see a property that's for sale with a 10-year lease, but actually it's got a three-year break and a five-year break clause in it, which in all intents and purposes means it's realistically a three-year lease. So it is driving change in the whole sector and lease property is changing as well and landlords are having to adapt. But it's something to be aware of. The last time we had this economic uncertainty, the market changed and we found a lot of people sidestepping or downsizing and those are the types of inquiries we're having a lot of at the moment. So then the fourth thing that we're seeing growth in is, believe it or not, co-working space, which is shared space. There are things to consider, obviously, with COVID and very small unit sizes that people are inquiring about. So, for instance, this space I'm in right now, which some of you will see on the live, you may not if we put this out on a podcast, but this one here is just a typical space in the mill. There's a bit of comfy space down here. A couple of desks. You could probably get a few more in here, actually. But it's a space that's... I can't remember, 200 and something square feet. It's something that one person might use. It's something that you could put three in. But it's definitely an area that we're seeing more and more inquiries for. And this floor that I'm on is about 2,500 square feet, but we actually split it down to six, seven units in the end, ranging from about 100 square feet up to 400, 420 square feet. And it's quite interesting that... People are inquiring about having their own kind of isolation booth. They're looking for private space, but they're not necessarily looking for big space because they've either been made redundant and they're starting up on their own, or they may work for a larger corporate, but they can't go to the main office, or they actually have been, they've been working from home for a while anyway, but now they're looking to get out of that space because things have changed at home. Their corporate Um, employer is willing to pay some money towards space and these are sort of inquiries we're getting. So those are the four things that have changed for us. So that's the big macro thing about the older generation and their spending power. The second thing is storage. The third one is sidestepping or downsizing businesses. And then the fourth one is about people that are wanting their own private space, their own little isolation booth. And that is a sector that we're seeing Um, change. And I don't think it's necessarily a local thing to us. I think it is happening nationally. And I know there's been quite a lot of talk in the press about, and especially um, online, about, you know, the office is dead, nine out of ten people want to work from home. I, I think, you know, you can get these numbers from any sort of survey if you want to set up the right questions and ask the right people. But I think in reality, the smaller spaces in regional towns will get busier because some of the larger corporates will let people work or want people to work from home, but they can't quite do it at home, so they need to go out and find something local. But also, people will go back to the office. Small businesses need to be able to build team, to build um, a community, to build um, that, I guess, that vibe in their office about what they're trying to do. And trying to do that online can be quite challenging. So these are things to think about if you're looking at buildings that you could potentially split up or do multi-let locally. In terms of single-let and leased space, um, I think those demographics I've spoken about are still going to affect that type of space. It's just that 
Whether you're going to get a 10-year lease, I think is probably less possible. The only way to maybe do that is find an operator who would actually do a rent-to-rent, which is effectively where they will take over a larger space from you that you may have already invested in and split. But rather than dealing with the day-to-day active management, you're involved more in a, a landlord situation where you've actually split, split it up, but then you've put in somebody who can manage it. And so that might be your own business, of course, or it might be somebody else's. Um, I've got a question here about, do you think there's an opportunity, thanks Richard, for converting suitable retail store that's gone bust into this kind of unit? Absolutely. Um, and I have looked quite often at retail units to see whether it's possible to split them up. And it can be done. Sometimes the challenge is if the retail unit has a fairly small frontage, but a really deep space, and they the thing you have to then deal with is how do I ventilate and how do I get natural light into those far-reaching spaces at the back? But I think as the government and local councils start trying to tackle the whole high street issue, there will be more chance to convert or change some classifications on these spaces and also allow you to maybe split them up and split the rates, which of course mitigates the big problem on the high street at the moment, which is the rates liability. Um, Some of these spaces do have access from the rear. If you can find some that have more than one access point, that really helps. It's definitely feasible. And if you can think of a retail unit that has the possibility of creating smaller studio space for the type of demographic I was talking about earlier on, where you have maybe a hairdresser or a beauty salon, nail, chiropractor, tattoo possibly, all these different industries that are growing, if you can put them into one larger space, obviously with their own individual units, then actually collectively, although some of them may feel they're competing, they're actually in the same market. And it's a bit like having three or four or five restaurants all in the same street. The the collective bring more people. So it's definitely an area I would, I would look at if you can find a space that would allow that to happen. The good thing about a lot of retail is it's on the ground floor and that helps with disabled access. So if you are looking at changing to fit these types of things in, getting that disabled access and providing perhaps a core of toilets that can be accessed along a ground floor for disabled is really something quite important to consider for those types of spaces. So um, I hope that's helped. I think that if anyone has any questions, I've seen a couple pop up here. Um, I will try and cover those as we go through it. It would be remiss of me not to mention that um, if any of you are serious about getting involved in in multi-let, it is something that we are going to be doing a mastermind in uh, starting in a couple of weeks now in September, where we're really going to concentrate on how to find these buildings, how to work out what the market is like in your area, and how to design, develop them properly, fill them with the right types of tenants, and then in time, how do you then add more to that portfolio? Of course, financing is another thing that we'll try and cover in that. So if you think that um, that would be of interest to you, please um, get in touch, PM me or something, and later on and I can send you some details about that. The other thing that um, I'm doing just now is I can't believe that actually on the 1st of October, our business, our property business is 20 years old. And we started investing in commercial after about four years. So we did Resi first, then we moved into commercial. And we've been doing that for, well, 16 years now. 
And as a wee bit of a celebration, what I thought I would do is I would offer some 20-minute calls. So if any of you have any things that you'd like to ask a bit more privately, directly to myself, feel free to, um, again, PM me. I'll try and get some times over to you. But basically, I'm doing 20-minute free calls for up to 20 people. That's a bit of a celebration of our 20 years. I don't think we're going to be able to have much of a party this this time because of the COVID situation. Um, but if you have any burning questions you'd like some help with, there's no upsell, just feel free to PM me. Um, I can talk to you um, about some issues that you might be having or things you'd like to cover on commercial. Thanks for listening. And sorry about the croaky throat. It has got better now, a few days later. I want to try and get these market updates out about once a month, and it was a bit of an experiment to run it live on the Facebook group, but I think I'll do so again in the future. So if you want to get that up-to-date market information, then join the group and get the additional benefit of meeting some fellow commercial property entrepreneurs where you can share some of your pains, some of your challenges and some of your wins. Look forward to speaking to you later on in the week.